Hey everybody, welcome back to Toys on Tap. This week we bring on Zymot Co., who spends his time creating so many pieces of artwork, and that's exactly what they are, where he takes toys and looks at them in new ways and presents them so they look perfect on your shelf. If you want to support the show, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get podcasts, you can like, follow everywhere on social media at toys on tap if you want to jump on to the patreon we'll send you some goodies now let's get back to this episode of toys on tap i'm stoked that you're here i I watch your work uh constantly and just see like the abstractness of it and the beauty and it's just incredible watching it from afar thank you um but we're gonna jump into this welcome to toys on tap can you introduce yourself tell us what you do how long you've been doing it all the good stuff i i wrote notes because time is weird for me i don't get it (laughs) so i started doing i've I've always been doing like kind of art stuff um Oh, I'm supposed to introduce myself, huh? <laughs> I'm my name's Casey. I go by Zymot with this stuff. Um, so I've been doing art like off and on forever, like I don't know, since I can remember. Um in 2017 I started doing ceramics because I wanted to start airbrushing like 3D objects. Yeah. And at, at first I was getting different things in like thrift stores and stuff and working on those and customizing them. But um I wanted to do like many things that were the same design and paint them in different ways. And you can't really do that with like, you know, scrounging around thrift stores. Um, So I got a kiln and I got some vintage molds and I started making ceramics Um, around 2018, like mid 2018, I started getting 3d printers, like normal FDM printers. Yeah. Um, I started resin casting the same year. So like late 2018, I would say. Um, and then in 2019, I started getting resin printers. And since then, I've upgraded them every year. And I've kind of left the FDM printers behind. I don't do ceramics, really, but I think I'm probably going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Um, that's a big jump. Like doing ceramics to 3D printing is a massive jump. And I do want to well, talk about that. It's kind of the same thing. Okay. It's it's you you think about it in the same ways, even though it's a different process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a very old process versus a very new process that accomplishes the same thing. It it seems like a natural progression to move from is it FDMA to resin. That seems just like a natural thing that people do. Yeah, I mean, um, when I started doing. FDM printing, like filament printing, um, the resin printing was just starting. Yeah. And um, it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And like my first printer was a Mars, like the original Elegoo Mars one. Yeah. Um, you know, and you look at that now and it's like tiny and um, the resolution was really bad. Yeah. It's, it's come, it's come a long way. I have um, three of the new um, Saturn three ultras right now yeah which just came out and it's like they're amazing like you don't see layer lines they're just like incredible fantastic 
Uh, can you tell me about the name Simon? Like, what what is going on there? Where is that coming from? That came from um, in the '90s. I was doing like independent black and white comics. Yeah. Then um, I would do like mini comics and send them off to people, and I, I never got published or anything. But um, Zymot was a name on a character's T-shirt. It was a picture of a bird, and it said Zymot just to have like random branding that was yeah. fake. And that's where that came from. It was a drop in the, like, whatever, one panel that didn't matter. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so you just picked it at random and was like, this is it? Well, yeah. Everyone, when I started doing ceramics, people were telling me you've got to have a brand. You've got to mark them on the bottom. Yeah. And so um, that's the first thing that came into my head as a Zion. brand. Yeah. Since it, was, since it was a brand I made up before. <laughs> Holy moly um let's let's walk it back a little bit to the ceramic era because i've never done ceramics i have no concept of what that looks like i might have done a little bit in high school um but probably not at the scale that you were doing this as like an art form uh how did you get into that one and then two why ceramics um, well, because ceramics is what I was finding to repaint in thrift stores at the time. Okay. And I liked, I liked doing it. I liked airbrushing on them. And, um, it's just, it's something easy to reproduce. And at the time, like with slip casting, you have a, um, you have a plaster mold with a hole in it. You pour liquid clay into it and you let it sit for a bit. You drain it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you put it in a kiln and fire it, and then you have like a hard, you know, model that you can use. Um, and I've also been into a lot of like '60s and '70s designs, like um, you know, those kinds of those kinds of things. And so you could get molds like that online from the '60s, like original vintage molds, pretty cheap. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's just a way to reproduce a bunch of things to practice painting on. Yeah, which. And is it a cheaper way to do that? Like, I'm always trying to find cheaper ways to practice things that I love doing. Is ceramics it's not, on the cheaper side? It's not super cheap. I okay. mean, if you're going to be firing your own, you need a kiln and, you know, all that stuff. And you need to upgrade your power to take 220 and, like, you know, for the kiln. Um, but you can buy, like, raw ceramics, too. Yeah. Like, if you live in any kind of city, there's a place you know, where you can take your kids and paint them, you know, those kinds yeah. of places. And they, they sell the raw stuff like pretty cheap. Yeah. I, uh, as a kid, never did that. I did it one time and then it was like never again. I think it was called like Color Me Mine or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never did either. But... Yeah. My mom was <laughs> like, wouldn't it be great to go do this? you realize how awful it is when you can't paint when you're like five years old and it's all <laughs> running down the side. Yeah. That's okay though. I paint like that on purpose now sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually try to figure out um, while looking at people's art and looking at their toys that they're making, what they collect or like where they find, like what joy they find in the toy scene I have the hardest time with the work that you're producing to figure out if you collect or not. Are you a toy collector? Um, I don't collect toys. Okay. Um, as far as like action figures and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the things I consider toys, 
are different, I guess. Let's talk. <laughs> what what a is lot it? Of people. <laughs> um, so like 60s blow molds. Okay. Like um, if you look at my Instagram, I had just posted a picture of a bunch of pigs. Yeah. That's my pig blow mold collection. Like those were banks that were like in five and dimes mm-hmm. and um, like prizes at fairs, like in the 50s and 60s. Um, also chalkware. Yeah. Like vintage carnival chalkware that goes back even further than that. We have hundreds of those. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, they're, they predate like action figure type stuff. Yeah. So you took it a step further. And while all of us lowly people are just collecting the action figures, you're collecting the molds that created the first types of things. Yeah. I mean, not the blow mold molds, but I have, I do have like ceramic molds um, from things that I've found in thrift stores that I've found the original molds at the, you know, that you can still use like the the classic like sad dog and sad cat kind of thing like the big yeah. eyes yeah that you see around i have original molds of those but i mean pirating like bootlegging and ceramics was huge in the 60s mm-hmm. so like i have a lot of weird molds um like i have some that say um like singing prune on them and it, it was a california raisin bootleg yeah <laughs> and one said prune prune with guitar prune with horn yeah so i have those so those are like original bootleg molds, but you know, they're from way back. I but. have never thought about that because I love bootleg toys. I collect mm-hmm. uh, bootleg TMNT toys. Um, I, for some reason in my head, it stops there, but. Oh, like in the like 30s, yeah. bootlegs were crazy with chalkware, with carnivals traveling around, people that had. Um, like prize games would make their own um, molds from anything out of with a plaster mold or well they yeah and so they they would make a mold out of it and you know it was just they would do it out behind their booth at night and so like there's like Lone Ranger like whatever was popular at the time I have a really cool um, King Kong chalkware that's about I don't know, 10 inches tall. It's just like, it's a really cool bootleg. It's just wicked rough and like, you know, a few sprays of paint and that was it. That was enough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, now bootleg chalkware is amazing. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. Just Google chalkware, carnival chalkware and just look at the pictures. It's just, it's amazing. When I don't get anything done at work today, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't, yeah, that's cool to hear that bootlegging entered those spheres as well because that's i do like hearing about that kind of stuff and especially with carnivals like carnies stealing from other people that's oh yeah that's a good story (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's just it has that feel that you know you would expect (laughs) yeah like the shady and the dark like making little toys (laughs) uh i we i brought on um Man, I can't remember her name at this Nekasatsu at one point. And she said that she got into um, making toys because it felt like fringe or like a little dangerous because you're bootlegging toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that darkness to it. But man, like in the 60s or like the 30s, bootlegging, that kind of stuff feels way more insidious than anything else. Yeah, I don't know if it was really enforced. So I don't know if people really got in trouble for it yeah but you know i think it may have just been like an acceptable thing 
Yeah, that's because I don't I don't think until Star Wars people saw their licenses. Well, of course, like with Mickey Mouse and Superman, stuff like mm-hmm. that. They licensed a ton of stuff. But I didn't think that it was such a big gold mine until like, you know, the seventies. Yeah. So I don't know if it was really strictly enforced. I think they just put up with it and whatever. There is um an interview by um uh I don't know. I don't know who it is, but it's with Kevin Eastman uh, from Ninja Turtles, and they were talking about what it looked like for people to kind of steal copyrights in other countries. Some countries are first to use, some are first to file. Um, And so there was a guy, and in this interview, um, his name is Abu Shady, and which, like, that name is so perfect. He figured (laughs) out the legal... um, cost of what it would take for them to take him to court to prove that it was their whatever their property and he would say like just pay me five thousand dollars less and you can have it back and he did this in like (laughs) 10 countries you want to hear my kevin eastman story i would love to that's what this podcast (laughs) is all for yes please when i was so whenever the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, I'm not sure what year it was. Yeah. Um, before they were famous, when it was like a bigger black and white, like rough comic. Um, I was at a comic convention at a Foreign Legion post. And I spent all my money on quarter boxes of um, Jimmy Olsen comics. Okay. <laughs> and I, was supposed to, I was supposed to call my grandfather for a ride. And um, I was like, I don't even have a quarter left. And um, Kevin Eastman gave me a quarter so I could call for a ride. Get out of here. Yeah, because they were so little that they went to, like, you know, Foreign Legion comic conventions that went once a month in, like, the middle of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so you're forever tied to the Ninja Turtles now. I guess so, yeah. They're the reason that you got home that day. That's what you should tell me. They are. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I probably could have got it from someone else, but they pitied me. Yeah. <laughs> uh you you come to the end of the making of ceramics a little bit and then you start moving into um res or 3D printing. What was the jump that you cuz it from what you're talking about it seems like it was pretty new at that time. Um so what's that jump that you made over? Why why did you jump? It just seemed like a natural progression. Okay. It, it it wasn't a huge jump for me. And I I still did ceramics while I was doing the 3D printing. I was doing them simultaneously. Yeah. Um, sometimes mixing them. Because another thing I do a lot is chaining things together. That's like a 60s thing. I don't know if you've ever seen the like weird knickknacks of things chained together, usually one big one and two little ones. Yeah. It, it, it's a thing you see. And um, I collect those too and have a lot of originals. But... <laughs> Um, so I was doing that and so I was chaining ceramic things to 3d printed things on like mixing too. And like, it was kind of neat to like blend them together, but it wasn't a huge jump. It was just like a slow progression. And I mean, I got one printer and then I got another one then I had three. And yeah. so I was with ceramics, like you also can't do them in a certain time of the year, unless you have like climate control where you're doing them. So I couldn't pour them in the winter. It was just too cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just it just blended together and worked out that way. And were you starting with toys when you moved to 3D printing? Or was this like a like how did we get to the point in where you started making toys? 
Like walk you through that progression from ceramics well, to that. See, I'm not sure because ceramics to me, the way I make them are toys. Okay. Um, you know, I consider a lot of weird things toys though. Like, like a lot of, like you'll see a lot of religious stuff in what I make. Um, and I think that like a crucifix is a toy. It's just a little guy, you know, okay. they, the Catholics play with it and whatnot. And um, it's just, it's the same thing to me. Like to yeah. me, that's the same as a Star Wars figure. I don't know. It's a little guy. Yeah. You know, they have all the different plastic ones and ceramic ones. But um, when did I consider them toys? I don't know if I can. Cons- I guess I always did. Okay. I, I don't think I had like a time when I didn't consider them toys. But like I wasn't part of like the toy scene. Mm-hmm. Because I, di- I didn't really know about it. Like, I, I would follow some... Like, I started an Instagram account, and I followed some people. I, I forget who the earliest people I followed were. But, um... We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of root-like treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh, my. We're doomed. Wait. Salvation! Hooray! We're saved in DLV2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! It kind of felt the same, but not really, because I don't make action figures, and that seems to be like the big thing. Yeah. What's but, um, interesting is that your work is so unique that it's hard to even find where you would have gotten influence from. So even uh-huh. your first accounts that you followed, they probably didn't look like what you make now, right? No, no. And if you scroll away in my Instagram account, which is a pain because there's too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I used to take pictures of action figures and different toys and like ceramics mixed with action figures doing weird things and that's what i first did on instagram for a while okay before i showed anything i made yeah but um when you... i had like a lot of tom land figures and that kind of stuff i'm into those see i collect those and those are toys yeah but i don't sure. buy them anymore because they cost too much okay but when i was buying them they were five and ten dollars on ebay yeah and i wouldn't i wouldn't buy the 25 dollar ones it's like oh my god i'm not gonna pay that for this crappy figure but like I should have, because now those are like thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like there's like six I don't have out of all of them, and they're the ones that are over a lot now. Yeah. When you, I mean, that's such a good take that, um, because I I do want to get to the spiritual aspect of some of your work. Oh, I do want to talk about that. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if you want to get me going. I don't know if you saw my Toys Alive thing, but they got me going about it. Oh, I did. I see. I did. Sometimes I miss them. We're gonna have to maybe tap into it a little bit. Um, yeah, that's okay. The the thought that like, oh, that's a toy as well. I love that. The, there's this idea that anything can kind of be a toy for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people can create because then that opens up pathways that are so crazy. And it kind of leads me into like the work that you are creating, which has this more like fine art abstract feel than anything, but would still be like very much still in the toy scene. 
Oh yeah. And so yeah, like yeah. At, at five points, um, people are really some people are wicked touchy about you can't touch my stuff and they'll put notes up and stuff. Um, and people were like that about mine, so I put post-its notes all over that said yes, touch. Because <laughs> I think people should touch it. Yeah. And like if they if they drop it and break it or something, I don't know. I brought like three hundred things. Mm-hmm. Like big big deal. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something else to put up. But you know, I, I think it's I think this stuff i make it's it's like good to touch and like look at all the sides and stuff that's what it's intended for so it's a toy even though there's i don't really do articulation i have a couple times but hardly but i just i don't know i don't think it's really necessary okay so not for what i'm making yeah i think that your work it speaks like though it's fun to have articulation i have to come to grips with the idea that like my articulation is not the Kenner style of articulation. So like if a kid plays with my toy, it's going to break. It's going to like, yeah, that's okay though. Yeah. Like there's different degrees to toys. I don't think everything has to be like a star Wars figure or a He-Man figure, you know, there's different degrees and different concepts. Yeah. When you um, like moved through FDMA, you got to resin Give me a pinpoint in which you would say that you have started creating the work that we now see. Cause that one, it was like, um, all of a sudden I saw your name and then I saw your work everywhere and it was so recognizable. And when did that start? I don't know. That's hard to say. I guess, um, I guess when I started, um, see at first when I was, 3d printing Uh i was having um some blow molds and old toys um scanned and so i would work from those scans and i would adjust them like a little bit but like Mm -hmm. i I didn't really have the sculpting skills um it's whenever i started sculpting on an ipad is when it really started changing a lot um i don't know when that was yeah sometime in like maybe 21 22 okay i don't i don't know yeah <laughs> using like nomad i didn't write stuff. i didn't write that down so i don't remember because yeah. <laughs> like i could look up and say oh that's when i started doing that you know but yeah my my brain is a it's a big blur i don't <laughs> yeah and you chose as you started doing this chose a very specific path that is incredible Thank but you what i don't even know how to phrase this like what is creating these ideas in you before we dive into specific toys because we're i i have like at least four that i really want to talk about but what is creating these things in you that is starting to like something is different um i'm not sure okay it's i do, i do my sculpting in the evenings um when i'm like sitting on the couch playing with the dogs okay like i'm throwing balls to the dogs and i usually am watching like really bad old black and white westerns yeah like specifically really long tv shows that went for like 10 seasons so you don't really pay attention to that like steal ideas from each other and they're just you don't really pay attention to them it's just kind of background noise yeah but um and i don't know why it's westerns it's just what happened but um so it's kind of like getting into that state of not really paying too much attention to one thing at a time yeah 
I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, every, everything blends together and is the way I do things is one thing leads to another, I guess. Yeah. And um, like even I'll take a lot of my old sculpts, some sculpts sometimes and um, go back and rework them and they'll be totally different. But you could still see it's from the other one. Yeah. Um, a lot of just pulling around and drawing on the iPad and like manipulating stuff in nomad and seeing where it goes that's the beauty of like art in a nutshell just playing with it to see where it goes yeah yeah just just letting it do what it's gonna do and like sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it does yeah i've got probably 40 or 50 sculpts i've never printed or done anything with but it doesn't matter there's always another one holy moly 40 or 50 just sitting there just waiting well, well, not waiting. They're, they're abandoned, but they're in Nomad. If you look back <laughs> in my history, they're all there. But yeah, it's just you know, because it's just sketching around, really. Can and you? Sometimes please, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Please create a whole line of figures called like Wasteland or Graveyard, and it's just all the figures that sat in your history and didn't get produced. <laughs> I could, I could make them and just make little ones. Yeah, I do have toys that I really want to talk about um, because your work seems to have done things that I haven't ever seen before, and I'm really excited to talk about these pieces. The first one I want to talk about is you did something so interesting with this, like, space ape thing, and you the, put the it— The packaged ones? Uh, I don't know if it was packaged because I couldn't get past the first photo of it. It was that you like put it from like Cube Planet or something. And you. Oh, I don't have any of those right here. But yeah. Ha okay. The question, it's hard to articulate this question. When I use resin, it's just to fill a mold and just to like get the pieces out. And then I put it together and ship it off where it never needs to go. But for you, you saw this as a whole nother option. And I had mm -hmm. just never seen that before. And you put this figure that was already printed or sculpted and painted. Like yeah, that was a cast, I think. So let's... I think those, those are mostly casts, but they were fully painted and finished and everything. And you resined, I, I believe the one I saw, you resined the head with like an off-tilted uh, square or like cube. And then you resined the feet, I think. Tell me yeah, about I did that. A I did a heck? bunch of them. So, well, I got a bunch of these cheap um, geometric shape molds on Amazon. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you just look up like triangle mold or square mold, they're just like these really cheap, really thin silicone mm -hmm. molds. And um I don't know. I just poured resin in it, put my guy in there, leaned him on stuff so he'd be at the right angle, let it cure, put him upside down, put his foot in stuff, and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> there's there's not to much look. to it. it. It's just something I thought about, so I did it. it. My problem is if I think about something, I usually do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I produce so much, which is why I have, like, bins of unsold shit in the other room, and, like, you know, usually if I think of something, I'll do it like 20 or 30 times in a week and then I'm done with it. Uh -huh. That's that's kind of a problem. 
what was interesting about that is if I was going to do that, I would like make the cube and then put stuff in it, but it would just be the cube. But you saw that and said, no, no, I want to make like this cube around something else. I forgot. I forget what led me to that. Um, I forget what the first thing I did like that. And then I thought, oh, wait, you could do all kinds of shapes. I had like a, oh, oh, I know what it was. Those bubble apes I was doing. Uh -huh. um, where it's like an ape head. I had molded a paperweight and I sculpted a roundish head that would fit in it. And um, so it's the head fully painted inside a paperweight mold. So it distorts the, it distorts it when you look at it. So it looks like it's pressing all against it, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. But um, so I was doing that and then I thought, well, what about other shapes? And I thought, well, what about, see, so I took something and I put, its head into that um, paperweight mold so its feet were sticking out. And that was the first one. That's right. And so I thought, oh, that's a good idea. So I um, <laughs> I thought, well, I should mold like triangles, squares. Like, what do I have around here I can mold? Yeah. And I um, looked on Amazon. It's just like, it was 10 bucks for like these three shape molds. So I said, well, I'm not going to make a mold and like fool around for days. I'll yeah. just order this. And yeah, so I and just put different shapes in them. Not only did it come out great and came out looking like no one else, but the you got the resin so clear, like beyond clear. Uh, it looked like beyond what a pressure pot could do. That's how clear it looks when you see images of it. How what was the struggle pattern in that? Like, are you just you have so much back knowledge of like this is what it takes to make this clear? How did you um, get to that point? Well, it's just Smoothcast 325. Um, there's nothing special about it. I just pressure yeah. potted it. And then um, when it was done, I went and sanded around the edges and filed the edges flat. Okay. Um, I think when you get rid of that, you know, curvature that happens in a mold, since it had an open face as part of it, mm -hmm. I just made it flat. Then I sanded it. I went sanded it until it was, you know, really clear on the edges. It just came out so good. And Thanks. you didn't stop there. It seems like you just continued to mold whatever you could around that you found. And the next Yeah, one... I had like a bunch of I always have a pile of unfinished like totally finished stuff that I haven't done anything with. Mm -hmm. Um so I just grabbed some of that random stuff and did a whole bunch of them in a couple of days. Okay. And then you started moving towards things like bottles. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a picture that's really funny it's like you see all your work and then it's a picture you posted and it's just empty bottles everyone that knows your work knows what's coming but people see that and be like oh now he's moving to collecting bottles or something <laughs> now that felt really weird because um we go to like antique malls and stuff every weekend looking for like 60s stuff and whatnot whatever yeah. catches our eye my wife and I, it's what we do on the weekends. And um, so I was looking around um, and there were all these bottles. And it's like, there's always bottles in antique malls and they're always like two bucks and they're boring. And like, you know, what do you want a bunch of bottles? I, I, people like them. I guess that's toys yeah. to some people, right? They're bottles or they're toys. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I started picking up bottles and my wife's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to buy some bottles. Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live, it's Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! This way cool 
artist unboxing. No way. Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for thirty bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current upcoming shows and drops. Drop. Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. News from the hood. One hundred percent indie, all the time. That's toys live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. I'm going to make molds of them for apes, and I'm going to say, okay. Yep. And, yeah, I just bought a bunch of bottles and a few different paperweights that are different sizes. I still have some of the weird paperweights I want to mold and do something. Okay. You bought those, and we saw them. And then it was like two posts later, you started unmold or demolding bottle shaped things with more of your people inside of them yeah <laughs> and it like again crystal clear great colors showing through and... so, you know those the first one i did wasn't very clear with um 325 so i got epoxy resin and that was much better okay. although that wrecked the mold and i had to remake the mold because it stuck to the mold i didn't know you had to use mold release or epoxy mm. but you do and um yeah, that's why those were so clear, just because that's how epoxy is. Epoxy resin is crazy to use with toys. Because uh, I think, what is it? It's like a 24 to 36 hour cure time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it takes forever to cure. Which drives me nuts. Because, you know, I do, I use 325 for everything. I buy it in five gallon drums. Yeah. And um, like, if I if it's a day when I'm casting, I'll do like... 20 casts that day you know mm -hmm. just rapid fire i'll have like three molds and i'll do them like you know six seven times what's the cure That's time how on you... 325 is like six to ten minutes the work time's like two and a half minutes yeah. the cure yeah. time is between like 10 and 15 i yeah. usually take stuff out while it's still hot yeah that's so crazy to go from that and then using epoxy that has to oh, sit. it feels like walking through tar it's terrible yes. <laughs> it's like yeah i would just you know i'd be doing other stuff too i always work on a lot of projects at once so it would be just something i pour and like put it over there until tomorrow yeah but um it, it's that kind of that's kind of maddening to me i like to do stuff fast so and, and you're like and when you're making these pieces you're you're making this like you're really combining the worlds of art and toy right like i can't play with this but it can sit on my shelf and i know it's a toy but it's don't touch it like if it's on my shelf don't touch my stuff that's what that feels like to me which i love huh. um but you again didn't stop and you kept casting like those in that is this another thing that you just saw it and you thought what the hell let's do this yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, like I said, that's my thing. Like, like if I have an idea, I usually just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's, I guess that's why I have so many different tangents I go off on. When you, because I've seen um, videos and process videos where it's like, there was one where you had like three of your resin printers like going to town. Like they all had just printed something. Um, do you find that work that is printed and painted, um, like that or work that is the ones where you're putting it in like a bottle shape, like that type of stuff, which do you find sells better or which do you find like people are crazy about when they see it? 
Um, I think it's whatever way the algorithm goes with me. Okay. If if Instagram shows my stuff, I usually sell it. If it doesn't, then I don't. Okay. That is a it's, huge thing. It's their website, so I guess they could do that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not mad about it, but it gets frustrating sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You are one of but, the um, artists that I don't see a lot of, and it's irritating because I hear a lot of. Huh. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I post a lot. I try to, but... I don't know. We're at the whim of that kind of, you know, thing. Yeah. Man, that's so that's but crazy. I don't like I that. don't see a lot of difference. See, I think that the attitude is kind of changing with resin printing. People are used to really look down on it. Yeah. Um, like things have to be casted, it can't be printed. But um I think that um like Oh this show is, and tell, here we go. Yeah. This is one of my things for Diaz for Dracula. It's yeah. kind of a like middle of the road bat, like transforming thing. But would you want to make a mold of this? Hell no. The arms no. and the fingers See, would break. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. And look at the toes, like pulling those out. Like it yeah. would be stupid. But like you could do that with a resin printer, you know, yeah. very easily. And that's also, I never use supports. That's why, see this, this doesn't take any supports. I don't yeah. like it. It leaves bumps and you get a sand of bumps. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So I designed for the process. Um, yeah. And I, I've never made a, well, I did once. I made a mold with vents in it. Okay. And sprues and all that. And I don't like it. So I don't use sprues and I don't use vents. Okay. So you just leave the big pour holes at the top <laughs> and just go for it. Yeah. I just sand them at the end, you know. Yeah. It's so I design it so that works. Yeah. Which <laughs> so takes there's nothing pointing down. Yeah, that takes just as much like talent to be able to understand a mold well enough to design it so that you don't have to add some of those things. Well, see, and then again, that's a lot of my like 60s knickknack influence. If you look at that stuff, yeah, 99% of it, even ceramics, don't have any kind of venting. Like if you look at it, you could see how the mold was made. And okay. it's like, okay, they they made like a thing under this guy's nose so it the air will escape through the bottom. Yeah. You know, that's like it's I, I think it's a lot of influence of looking at that kind of stuff and you know, understanding how they made their molds. Yeah. That's incredible that you can kind of use that and like file it into the work that you're making now. I do want to kind of tap into um that you you said something that's so good like 3d printing used to look down upon um i love resin 3d printers i don't own one um one of my favorite people probably of all time is more horrific he's a 3d sculptor mm -hmm. um worked with him to bring like new releases that are coming out and the amount of detail the amount of work that you can see that went into it it's fantastic. Like, I don't know how to, how else to say, like, it's better than I could ever be. If that's a, if that's a good thing to say, like it's, I could never mold it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, what do I have around? Well, like this, like you wouldn't Holy... want to mold that really. No. Yeah. That's incredible. But... <laughs> also, you know. that's so big. Are your printers that big? Um, one of them is I have a Jupiter okay, and that goes to what, um, 12, 12 and a half inches, maybe. 
that's a yeah. good size that's and the main awesome. thing i use for that is i i'll print stuff that's hollow yeah um hollow clear and then i fill it with different resin and then i clear coat it so you can see the resin on the inside okay see that's you're doing some things there that i absolutely love like you're you're just you're making art look effortless too and just going with what you feel you well i i make a lot of mistakes yeah. <laughs> like a robot <laughs> it's not totally effortless yeah i, I screw up a lot okay <laughs> but like you're embodying the joy of art which is awesome to see. Like, I just want to make what I want to make. I want to spend time on it. I want to move on to the next thing. Let's do this. Yeah. Time on it. You're changing my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to move to the spiritual pieces. Okay. You made, I have, I, I have seen, I think it's a statue. I think I've seen that statue. If it is a statue, it's the Jesus face next to the cross. Okay, yeah. Which is a massive mold. Like the molding material just on that alone is <laughs> insane. Um, well oh, do you mean we show and tell? Do you show mean and this, tell. Do you mean this thing? I don't mean that's that like one, a big, but that's I, a crucifix with a pig. I wanna yeah, I wanna mean, talk about that one as well. On. If you're listening to this, it is show and tell like crazy. This We're thing? gonna talk about that one as well. <laughs> And the next okay. one. I know you got another one. I'm not sure which one you mean. It's a, um, like Jesus face cross. It has a jagged bottom. I don't know. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Man, it's like I just went to mass or something. This That's one? not it either. That's amazing too. <laughs> and there's one with an ape head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, um, I'm falling Okay, wait, love. I got... I got one more here somewhere. Oh, just one more? I mean, well, I don't know. Have so They're all many. In the other, there's a bunch in the other room. Do you mean That's this it. one? That's it. That's the okay. one. Okay, so can we walk yeah. through all these pieces? Sure. Um, <laughs> full disclosure, I love, 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 love religious art. So do I. And to see anyone doing this, it's one of my favorite things because it's like uh, for me in art, nothing, nothing feels off limits and it can't be off limits if you want art to be art. So the fact right. that you took these different aspects, you have like um, a crucifix with a pig head on it and you have uh, what looked to be like Mary and then you have Jesus and there's one that had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. This one has stones in the back of it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Is that an ape head on her face? Yes, there's a little ape head on the crucifix too. So you're like playing with this iconography and adding an artistic flair to something that is artistic in its own right, and you are adding little things. My favorite one you ever made was the Jesus cross one, but it was filled with dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't get to your shop quick enough and someone picked it up. And if I ever found out who did, I would just be like, I'll pay you double for that. Like, send it this <laughs> way. Um, tell me, how did you get started on the spiritual side? Oh. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> and hey, 
you you say whatever you like, and when we get to the end of the podcast, if you're like, maybe we cut some of that. Oh I'll no, do it. no, I, I don't, I don't care. Oh great, great. <laughs> it's just I don't want to look like a raving lunatic. So, um, I've always liked like religious art, mostly like Catholic art. I I am not religious. Yeah, I've never been religious, but I, I like the art. I like the symbolism. It's just, I don't know. To me, the Bible is like star wars or lord of the rings it's all the same it's just a story <laughs> just because it's old i see yeah. <laughs> this is my problem <laughs> but um i've never had like a disrespect for it or anything yeah until for until fairly recently <laughs> okay see I, I i had a friend this childhood friend i told yeah. this story on toys alive and um everyone enjoyed it too much and it still haunts me but um, so I had a friend that I grew up with. I mean, I met him when I was four. I was friends with him my whole life. Yeah. Um, maybe after high school, we lost touch. Uh-huh. Um, like I, I had kids and stuff. I got married and had kids and he moved away. And um, so he got back in touch maybe like five or six years ago. Okay. And I was like, hey, you know, it was like, it was all good. Uh-huh. And um. Then he started telling me weird experiences he had with um, UFOs and Jesus. I'm like, okay, okay, and like that was kind of, that was kind of cool. I don't mind hearing stories like that. That's good, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, then over the next couple of years, he got more. I'm not sure what it is because I don't I don't know much about modern religion, but um. He got into one of the more modern things where there, I think I became his assignment. I think it was like a pick the person in your life that's the least religious yeah. and convert them. Okay. He started like texting me like Bible passages and stuff. And I'm Oof. like, okay, that's like, whatever. I can handle that. That's okay. It's like yeah. not personal. It's just, okay. How are you doing today? And it's like, well, Jesus said. And it's like, no, wh- what do you say, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. I asked you. I didn't ask about what some fan fiction book said. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, that escalated, and it got more and more. And finally, I had to say, Chris, you got to, like, like, ease back on that stuff. Like, I respect, like, whatever you want to believe. Like, that's your deal yeah but like you know that since we've been children i'm not into that and like like please tone it down and so every time i would ask him to tone it down he would push harder oh um and so it got to be i was just you know what like this is the last chance like i'm gonna cut you off i'm never gonna talk to you again and i don't care because like you're being so disrespectful that like you know People talk about like respecting people's beliefs, but like you got to respect back, you know, when people give you respect. Anyway, so he kept doing it and doing it. And I said, you know what? Fuck off. Yeah. And I blocked him. And the next day I put an APED on Mary. Okay. And so it's like, okay. so, so it came of like a disdain. Yeah. And, which, which probably isn't the best. <laughs> Hey, you know. art is born out of the best times. So I, I guess, and it came out like, you know. was there symbolism there, or were you just saying like, you know what, this guy pissed me off. I, Let's I go was saying, fuck there. you, Chris. Okay, is what I was saying. Symbolism, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. 
But um, then, like, I also like bootlegging religious stuff. Like, this is just a straight up, there's a Jesus face on it. Like, if I see yeah. something with a really weird face on it, like, this also had a really weird face. It was kind of... Yeah. He's real very, depressed. I don't know what's going very on. Very Eastern European but, um, look. Yeah. Which is appropriate, right? Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Okay. The one that you That's held up my, before that one, the thing. circle one, kind of looks like pipes around it, which almost like a steampunk yeah, um, view. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's just like drapery oh, and stuff. It's, yeah, it's just okay. a design. I, I don't think it really means much. Um, I'm always interested in that kind of stuff, and I'm glad. I mean, hey, he – I'm sorry that that relationship fell off, but – we got that's art. okay it was it was going south for a couple of years <laughs> okay good um i felt having, better afterwards <laughs> yeah having the ape on mary so that's a direct uh like that guy he he earned it so that's why that's yeah. there uh, yeah plus i mean the ape thing the apes have always been my main like my first 3d scan yeah uh, let me grab this thing so this is a 60 um 60s bank Made by A.J. Renzi. is phenomenal. I love his yeah. eyes and the weirdness of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of the same ape. Yeah. 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 Um, so when I first wanted to print things, I had this blow mold scanned and a couple okay. others, like a pig and a sad dog, um, which I've actually been revisiting all those and, like, re-sculpting them uh-huh. now that I can actually sculpt, um, make them much, like, higher resolution. But um, so the ape has always kind of been my main thing. Yeah. And like, I started working from that scan, and then I got so I could just like kind of retry it in Nomad whenever I want, just because I've done it so many times. And like, it's always slightly different. The mouth will be different. It'll be more detailed, or you know. But um, yeah. So that's I I started putting those heads on different things. I started with the religious stuff, and I've done it with a few other things, a few other knickknacks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that one was a direct jab at that guy. Then we have Jesus with a pig head. Is that jabbing at it someone else, or is that just still no, part of him? Just, okay. I, th- I thought it would be cool. There's a couple oh. apes down there too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, pig head is so good. Yeah, I also have one that's a like a little box with baby Jesus in it, with like straw around him. Yeah, and I put a pig head on that and some ape heads around the like cradle. Okay, I, I'm, I think I'm in love. And then, uh, I like the idea too that you just on top of making them pig or apified, you also just recreate them and are bootlegging like that type of. They, there's a part of religious art um, that has like. I don't know what it, it's like there. It seems like it's so pristine or put together. It has to look a certain way because they're trying to convey something. So to bootleg it is really fun. Like color. Oh, but like you think that most religious stuff isn't bootlegged though. I, I mean, love it. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been bootlegged for 2000 years. Yeah. Like it's always been bootlegged. People yeah. want their own little guy. I so good so good so, some so, of it's so just more bootleg than other and you can tell it's like whoa yeah it's like that's five bucks i need that i've got to mold it <laughs> when, <laughs> when you 
look over all of the pieces that you've created, both the ones that are stuck in bottles and and the ones that have like cubes of resin, the religious work and the designs that you've come up with that are these monsters like the bat and things. Would you look over your artwork and say that you could identify that you have a style or a specific way about you? Because we can see it. Like I for sure so. I can see your yeah. style. Um, is there something that you would say that like this is the style I'm going for? This is what I've chosen. What would you say? Um, it's just how I draw. Okay. <laughs> I'm into that. It's, there's there's nothing I aim for or anything. It's just how stuff I draw turns out. Okay. Whether it's 3D or flat, it's just yeah. how I've it's how I've always drawn. I uh if you I had Chance Priest on. Do you know who Chance Priest is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that. So in that interview, he said um, a, a long time, like when he was a kid, he didn't like to draw because he thought it looked like like a bad drawing or whatever. And then someone had told him like, no, it's the best because you did it and only you can do this. And I think when I look at your work, it's like, oh, this is – only you can do this like and it's awesome to see that you're a part of the scene and i enjoy it and i enjoy the colors and i enjoy the sculpts and um thanks also the fact that you're like a workhorse you had so many pieces at five points fest that table was like covered top to bottom all the way out in pieces is this your full-time gig um kind of okay it's i do it full-time yeah um i have a i have a business there's an arcade out there okay um i'm behind an arcade in a video game store that is so but, rad um, um i think it's i think it's 15 years this year okay but um we moved into a new building um like 2014 15 somewhere along the lines there yeah um, I, I renovated a building um that like almost killed me because I did that like 12 hours a day, seven days a week for like a year. But um, yeah, and I think that's what kind of jump started me into this stuff because in the arcade, I had painted the walls with um eight different colors. Yeah. And that took like a month. Uh-huh. And so that jump started me into wanting to do art more full time. Um, because it was always like, I don't know. Since we started the store, it was obviously on the back burner because I ran the store. My wife and I ran it ourselves for a long time. Then my kids helped. Yeah. And my kids moved away. But um, we have employees now. And so they pretty much do that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, I'll repair like a pinball machine or something in the morning before I start this. But otherwise, I'm, it's like I go to work and I do this all day. Yeah. That's the state I'm in now. The dream. And why, I mean, I wish we would have done this at the beginning, but now I'm stoked to get into it. Arcade, like what, what, how did that start? How, tell me about how you got to arcade. Well, when I was a kid um, yeah. and Galaga had just come out. Great game. I, I lived in this, I lived in a horrible town, like a horrible, small town, racist, like terrible place. Are you about to say I'm still, California? No. Okay, good. No, no, it's in New York State. Uh-huh. It's I'm in Binghamton, New York, and it's about half an hour from where I live now. Okay. But um anyhow, it's your typical like small town like 
weird, closed-minded, bad place. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I had a miserable childhood. But um, I was visiting my parents once, and um, there's the only bowling alley in town had put um, Galaga and um, Donkey Kong out at the curb. Okay. This was this was you know after I was. Jeez, I don't know when this was. It was before we had a store at all in 2015. So it was because I had Galaga broken in my kitchen for a few years and I just tried to get it to work and I didn't know what I was doing. And then the internet was more around and you could find instructions on how to fix stuff. But um, that was my first arcade machine I got was the Galaga on Donkey Kong. And they were the same ones that I played when I was a kid that I had to stand on a stool to play them mm-hmm. in the bowling alley. So that's kind of cool. Um, but um. We had a, we had started a, see, this goes back further than that then. So we had started a manga and anime store um, because that's what my kids were into. Yeah. And I was trying to get them involved in it. And like, I don't know. So that was a little bit before that. Okay. And um, the anime fans killed the anime industry in the United States by pirating it too much. Um, So we were going out of business. And we kind of morphed into a video game store because I was into that at the time. My kids were also into it. So I moved to a smaller place and started um, the video game store. And then I had fixed the arcade machines at home. So I brought those in and then I bought more online. You could buy them cheap at the time, like two, three hundred dollars. And it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. And it just it was kind of a thing with always just putting money from the business back into the business for years and years. My wife had a real job. Yeah, still does. But, the um, I'm interested in the you, you said something that um is incredible. Like because your kids liked something, you wanted to make a store so that they would like like it or be involved. Um, that's dedication. Like that's a that's a parent. That's a good parent. Oh. <laughs> uh, I I'm not a, a father, and so it's like understanding that you could do that is crazy and awesome to see but also they the u.s pirated it so bad that it like is killing the industry is that what oh, the fans saying? the fans murdered anime they, how, they like killed it yeah how's that what happened well because i mean it didn't help that anime DVDs are like 30 bucks. Well, yeah. they were. I don't I don't know what the state of the whole thing is now. I don't pay attention to it. But um like we mostly sold manga. It was like $10 books. Yeah. Um but people wanted anime too. So we started carrying anime DVDs and they were like 30 bucks for three episodes, which was it's way overpriced, but that money all went back to Japan. I mean, on a $30 DVD we would make 5 bucks. Yeah. You know. It's the retailers weren't making money on that, especially independent people like us that had no like buying power. Yeah. You know, even with newer video games, really independent people like us, we pay like $5 under retail. Right. But we don't really stock new games because of that. Uh-huh. We mostly have used stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was when it was when pirating was getting really big on the internet and people yeah. just downloaded everything. They didn't pay for it anymore. And then they were mad that they couldn't download English dubs Uh because why? Because the company stopped making them Mm -hmm. because they couldn't make any money off of it. So people were mad that they couldn't get the dubs anymore, but they could get the other ones for free. I remember there was this one guy who, this kid who had his father come in because 
we couldn't understand what the kid wanted. And so the father said, you know, you got to get the Chinatown DVD sets, the ones where you get the whole series and it's 10 bucks. And I said, well, we don't carry bootleg stuff. Like, you know, we're a real store. We can't legally do that. Yeah. He said, no, no, you go to Chinatown. It's all over. Haven't you ever been to Chinatown? And I was like, well, yeah, but it's pirated and being like a real store, yeah. we would get in trouble. We can't do that. So that's what we were dealing with. That's what, I don't know. I think if the Japanese companies made their licensing cheaper, it would have been less of a thing. But yeah, holy moly! I like the idea that someone came in and said, "Like, no, 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 be like Chinatown. We need you to be." That way. <laughs> it's like, well, go to Chinatown. Like, it's cool. Yeah, like, I don't really care. It's just yeah. like I'm not going to get in trouble for it. Being in this like medium small city, we are the only anime store. It really sticks out. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, you know. Holy moly. Um when you that's so crazy. Uh you pivoted then. You did an anime and manga and I'm assuming you pivoted completely one day to arcade. Uh do you um, have to just Well, it went it, it went from a manga and anime store and we also did like card tournaments like Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pokémon. And so the Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic carried over and the card store part stayed, but we went more into video games. Yeah. And so really it was like I had a massive video game collection at one time, um, like way before all this. And um, so I'd always been into like classic video game collecting before it was like a thing where it was all just like garage sale, three bucks each, Nintendo games, whatever, yeah. you know. Um so I, I knew a lot about video games, so it pivoted into that. And then when they became more of a collectible thing, it was just something I was good at because I knew a lot about it. Yeah. So so the the arcade thing came after we became a video game store just because I had a couple at home, and we just put them in the store. And um, I'm not sure how many we have now. It's 100 and something. Holy jeez, that's so many. That's mm -hmm. awesome. When you... I mean, pivoting back to um, toy stuff a little bit, you got to a point where now you can, like the employees run it, you run toys in the back. Mm -hmm. And as you, how long have you been doing that? Because that's, Dude. you're the godfather now, like of that whole stuff. <laughs> you get to run toys in the back and do all that stuff. Um, well, See, well, since I started, well, when I was doing ceramics, I still worked up front a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe 2018. Okay. 19. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I'm so bad with time. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, you know, we'll just start adding random dates. Maybe I'll dub <laughs> over your voice and be like 1940. Yeah. <laughs> it won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, yeah. <laughs> when this is all over, people will just know that the toy scene was a scene, and that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be like Chalkware was then. Be like, yeah, these guys yeah. used to make this stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they did it. Seems yeah. like some of it's bootleg. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they when did you, it out back of an arcade sometimes. <laughs> yeah. When you were making toys and you've been doing that, at some point you realized I that you're probably making enough to do a booth. You're probably making enough to like get to a booth somewhere. And I you saw that you were at five points, which is pretty close to you. Um, have you held a booth anywhere else? 
Um, yeah, we were at Decon last year. Awesome. Um, and we're going this year. Uh, see, now I get to stop by your booth um, and come say hi. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't done too much. Well, see, we've done Five Points twice, but I wasn't there the first time. Oh, okay. What was the deal? I couldn't get away for some reason. But my wife took stuff, which got awkward because everyone thought she made it. And after a while, it was loud and she couldn't explain. She was just like, oh, thanks. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. When you... it's What's it like doing that? Like making toys and making this t- style of art to now like having booths at Decon and Five Points? What, what What's going through your head? It's difficult for me because I never see what I do as good. Okay. Um, like, usually right when I make something, I like it and consider it good. But, like, a few days later, I don't. And it's like I haven't really gotten there yet. And it's yeah. like, what can I do to get better? Like, I've got that real bad. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's almost instant. Yeah. Because that's not imposter <laughs> but, um, syndrome. That's something different. I don't know. And it's like, I don't, I've got the trouble where I don't feel like I really fit in yeah, with the whole thing. Okay. But like, I don't really care, but I guess I must care if I think about it, right? I, don't uh, know. I can tell you, you more than fit in with us pack of weirdos. You're in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, being this far into it and having the booths and and producing and all the things that you do when you look at your brand your name all of those things where are you headed next um i don't know it's all just a constant blur into something else okay like (laughs) i do have you know i'm like right now i do a weekly release yeah i do a um, weekly drop um, which is something I, I toyed with on Toys Alive. I said I was thinking of doing it. And when I said it out loud, it became like a law. Yeah, it was real. Me. <laughs> yeah. So once you say it, I've got to do it. And so, you know, like right now, I have stuff for this Friday that I cast last week, but I also have to do, I've been doing like these 2.5 inch minis that are ten dollars each and um i haven't done those yet this week but um yeah i usually have like a main release that's something that i haven't done yet Mm -hmm. and um then like a few minis that are like older things so i'm gonna do that for the foreseeable future um i do have decon coming up yeah i don't know i've got a december yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't celebrate Christmas or anything because I'm yeah. so anti-religion now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, even like in a token way, I just yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'll give my kids some money. Yeah, and like <laughs> you know, but um, it's a pan with snow. Like we have a lot of animals at home, like rescue animals, like mm-hmm. um, pigs and ducks are the hard ones and we have dogs and cats so like i have to get my daughter to come stay at our house to take care of them you know when they're all elderly we've had them for like years and years but um so they need a lot of care 
So my daughter lives in North Carolina now, and I'm in Binghamton, New York, which is a couple hours north of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a hard to get her to come stay with animals. You know, it's asking a lot. It's a big ask. Yeah. So that's why we don't do a ton of shows. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you do the shows that you do, and I can't wait to see you at Decon as I walk around and. Odds are you won't recognize me or we won't – it'll be like we have to reconnect. It's like yeah, that yeah. With almost every artist I see. Um, that's why I just yeah, I, a I Toys and Tap shirt. So. Yeah. <laughs> the last part of the podcast before we send everyone off on their day of making and resin and stuff is just plugging everything that you've got going on, where you're at, how they can get in touch with you if you do collabs, all the good stuff. So let's hear it. Okay. Um, like I said, I'll be at Decon. Um, I have something coming up on the DMs for Dracula, as I showed you, which I yeah. thought was safe to show you since you don't use video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I have a list. We just did the Clutter Rainbow show. Yeah. Oh, in in February, I have a solo show at Clutter Gallery. Get, um, okay. Can we pause? How did that not even come up? You have a solo show coming up with Clutter? Yeah. Just that? <laughs> That's they, amazing. They just, I don't know. They just asked me and I said okay. sure. Okay. And That's awesome. I, I said I said how many pieces? And they said typically it's between ten and twenty-five. And I said, How about fifty-one then? And they said, Okay. <laughs> fifty-one pieces. Yeah. So I've gotta do I'm trying to work on that and decon stuff simultaneously. So I'm trying to end my Friday drops. Yeah. So um so you're busy. So I'm trying to do just like a ton of crap and then skim off of it for the um for the clutter show. Like if something stands out to me, I'll skim that off and set it aside. Okay. That's awesome. I, I like to do I like to do quantity. Yeah. Um, like you said with my um five points booth. And like when we went to decon, we had four suitcases, like just jammed full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got stuff there. So it, it was a ton of stuff. Um, I might bring a little less this year because I overdid it and it wasn't easy with two people getting like, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, so I have that coming up. Um, yeah, mostly my Friday drops at zymot.co, Z-I-M-O-T dot C-O. Um, it's zymot.co on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, also, if you join, um, if you look at my link tree <clears throat> on Instagram, I have a link to my Facebook group. Yeah, which isn't isn't really huge or anything, um, but I do a giveaway once a week, um, which is like a no, it's it's no jumping through hoops or anything. I just make a post and say, "Here's what I'm giving away this week." Just comment to enter. Yeah. Um. So you just comment, and every Friday, right before the drop, we do a wheel thing where we choose someone for that. It's awesome. Um, thank you so much for being on Toys on Tap. Sure. Thanks for asking me.